0: off the back of the skills test only six made it through to interview. Skills just weren't hitting
1: where we needed them to be. Is it the culture's become unimportant? Like what what's happening and what's going on there?
0: We'll always look into it and think, well, what's the why behind this?
1: We want to move business owners everywhere from surviving to thriving. This podcast was born out of that. It is very difficult to have a clear defined culture without knowing why as a business you do what you do.
0: We believe it's important for the team to have that opportunity to bond and bit is that really a
1: problem to us? The work is still done. How did we, when we moved to that next level of our business, how did we really establish exactly what our why is from a company perspective, how the listeners can replicate exactly what that looks like? Hi there, and welcome to the Leaky Bucket Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Morgan, and this is the Financial Performance Podcast for entrepreneurs looking to get a better understanding of their numbers, to plug the leaks in their business, and to move from surviving to thriving. Hello, and thank you for joining both me and Sam on another episode of the Leaky Bucket Podcast. In this new Series 4, where we're looking behind the scenes, really, at our company, but also looking into other companies and any learnings that we can pick up on?
0: Yeah, so we're going to jump straight into the Leak of the Week. Uh, and the Leak of the Week uh, for us this week is our interview process. As we've mentioned before, we've got a few new team members that we're hiring currently. And as part of that process, we had somebody for an onboarding room. And we realized that although we have skills tests in place that people have to undertake before they get to interview stage, where we then test culture, and we delve further into those skills. We realized that actually when people were getting through to interview stage, that their skills just weren't hitting where we needed them to be. And therefore our skills test just wasn't what it should be. And we actually decided to go back out with the role and advertise again and improve that skills test so that it really honed in on exactly what we wanted for this specific role. Before heading through to that culture and general interview process, Ian, did you have anything you wanted to add or share about that?
1: No, I probably just had a bit of clarifying questions. Right to go, people probably look at that and probably don't get the full picture of quite what our recruitment process is like. So, typically, how many applicants do we get for a, for a typical role? We
0: uh, a typical role that goes out would have somewhere eight hundred plus applicants for it. And then out of that, we would send out a skills test to applicants. And if they don't complete the skills test, well, they don't move any further. If they complete the skills test, we'll then review it off the back of there. So I think we had on this one, I want to say 450, 500 people off the back of the skills test. Only six made it through to interview. And these are all people that are, if you look at their CV, perfectly capable of doing the job. So I would argue that a skills test is imperative and yet still off the back of that, when they got to interview and we asked further details and delved into it, we just didn't feel that they were hitting the high standards that we want for our clients.
1: Okay. And then my other question is, right, that in previous episodes... I've spoken a lot about the importance of culture and hiring based on culture fit. But obviously here we're talking about having skills tests towards those roles. How are you finding then that? Is it changing? Are we having a bit more of a focus around skills? Is it that actually some roles then require maybe a focus on skills? Is it that cultures become unimportant? Like what, what's happening and what's going on there?
0: Yeah, so it's definitely not that culture has become unimportant. Culture is definitely important. And we've always had a belief that you can teach skills, you can't teach culture. And I still fundamentally believe that. But for this role specifically, for onboarding, it had to be somebody had the skill set. It wasn't a case that we could bring somebody in and train them. There's a a certain degree of training that can obviously be done, but it had to be somebody that had a, a very good grounding and was able to come in and do some of the bits straight away without needing a lot of training. And therefore the culture was still imperative, but we had to look at the skills as our overdriving factor that doesn't mean that we were going to accept employing somebody that didn't meet our culture standards.
1: Okay, and what I thought was interesting for the listeners was that actually you selected and we have gone through to interview, we'd interviewed five, six people, maybe even slightly more. But actually, out of that, you decided that actually nobody hit the level that we were required to come in and join us. So rather than actually picking at least desirable candidates and what we were looking for, that actually decided to go back out to market again and go and look for something even stronger.
0: Yeah, that's exactly correct. So there were two people out of those interviewed candidates that hit the mark culture rise and would be an awesome fit for our company. Um, and they are on the bench for future roles that come up, which is another thing that I'd advise people to do. Always keep contact with those people and let them know that you thought they were exceptionally good. It's just that they didn't hit the mark for what you needed at this time. And actually, if they're a good culture fit, they'll appreciate your honesty back to them. And they will they will ask what they can do in order to improve their skills so that if another job comes up, that they're more likely to get it. But yeah, there were two that did hit that culture thing, but they just didn't have the skills where we needed them. Their skills were good, just not quite at that level we needed for this role ironically had we have been putting out for a, a different role within the company that actually their skills would have been really good for that we just don't have a need for that position currently <laughs> within a management accountant realm there's normally the case that we'd be happy to have somebody that's high on culture but maybe their skills are a little bit below where we want them to be because we've got significant training that can happen internally within that role but that just wasn't the case on this one. So I have those two people that I am keeping in contact with because we know we're consistently growing. We know we're always after good team members as we grow and things. And we know our plan this year is to hire a few more people and they will definitely be on my list to reach out to. And I will still interview other people as well, just in case they're not the top of that list at the time.
1: Brilliant. Fantastic.
0: So we're going to have a look at the win of the week now, and Ian, you've got a win of the week to share with each of us.
1: Yeah, again. So this is a, a bit client focused, right? So, in order for protection of the client, we won't reveal who that client is and their details. But what was really interesting regarding this particular situation was in an account review meeting that we did through so talking the client around their gross profit margins, which is their sales less their their cost of sales. What we could see in the latest set of accounts was that those profit margins have been squeezed. So we're talking to the client about that. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. We've been increasing prices and we've increased them more than what the cost is of stuff that we buy in and our, our staff wages and so on. So actually, they feel like that margin should have been growing. So I was like, okay, the client does understand. They feel that they've got a compelling argument as to why. Let's really explore it. And actually through delving into that and really questioning on it, what we managed to establish was that clients understanding of what they deemed as stock was not the accounting terminology of stock. And so actually the previous accountants and ourselves had categorized lots of these purchases as stock items, but actually they're items that they're holding effectively as asset and they're hiring them out and they're collecting them all back in after the event that they put on. And what was interesting was to go, actually, that subtle change of the definition or the terminology and the understanding by the client actually meant that there was over a £15,000 saving incorporation. So it was that ability to to just go, okay, let's not just bow for the client and go, oh, yeah, but the counting and maybe they're just wrong. Maybe they don't understand. The client knows their business and they know it well. They were right to talk up to that and just go yeah but this doesn't feel right and then being open to exploring that actually meant that we uncovered a, a real key key area in that business and a learning element i suppose for us going forward and of going when we take accounts through previous accountants question them even more than what we currently do because just because they were in there doesn't mean that was necessarily correct
0: yeah fantastic thing to learn from so post F has have been improved from there and definitely like you say more checks into things and more making sure that the client understands the different terminologies on things and not just taking their word for it when you ask them if they understand what stock is etc making sure you actually clarify on those bits so moving on from there we're going to move into the best of the week And I think this one's interesting because it refers back to, and actually, our next point refers back to it as well fundamentally, why people what is their drive, what's in it for them. Everybody has a drive within their company, and everybody has a reason that they're doing it. And as business owners and as an accountancy firm, we feel it's really important to understand that of our clients so that we can provide them with the best advice so that they can achieve their goals. So, Ian, give us a little bit more about that one.
1: Yeah. So, actually, there's a relatively local business tycoon, I suppose you call him to us, a guy called Dale Lynn. And he runs a an electricity company called Ecotricity and all the professional football club called Forest Green And both of those two companies in particular have quite an eco-driven mentality. So the the ecotricity company, there's lots of wind farms, there's a push towards more sustainable energy production and more sustainable energy usage. And then Both Green Rovers Football Club, I believe, is known as the world's most sustainable and eco-friendly football club. They're very conscious of the amount of miles all of their food does to get there, the way they cook, the way they produce things, the way fans are traveling, and so on. What was interesting then is if you didn't know all of this information about him, then you'd think that the move he's just done is really strange. Because the move he's just done, is decided to launch a new company called Ecojet. An Ecojet is an eco-friendly, electricity-powered aircraft, and they're starting off now that in the first instance, they're going to be using kerosene um, for the first year to do UK flights. But by the time they move into year two, in 2025, they will be at the case that actually they're flying throughout Europe and they're flying with electric-powered airplanes. And what I think is really key is, here is you go, that's a really strange move. You've got an electricity company and then you've got a football club. And that, now you've got a travel company or an airline. They, they don't make sense. But when you look behind it and you understand the why for Dale, the why is this drive to make the world a much more eco-friendly and sustainable place. And that you can then go, oh, see where he's at. It makes sense. You can see the direction that he's going in. You can see that he's got passion behind that. And yeah, I was just, I was just really intrigued to go. Feels like a really left field move. But actually, it seems very clever.
0: Yeah, and I think that's key to us as people when we're looking at things even outside of the company. When we see something that's happened or a decision been made, we'll always look into it and think, well, what's the why behind this? And I think that comes from our perspective within the company that we know that each business owner has such different goals and driving forces. And I think that's imperative to understand those from their point of view in order to get the best version of success for them. So we're going to have a look at the pick of the week now. And that refers directly back again to what we were previously just talking about.
1: Yeah, so I think it's only sensible that but actually, although haven't read it for a while, I it's it's an absolutely key book. And the book would start with whys by Simon Sinek. And his whole philosophy is your company and you need to have a why. And there needs to be a passion and a purpose for doing what you do. Obviously we've already talked about Dale and how much he lives that. But actually we've also got a why within our own company. You know, we several years ago when we found out that the average business owner in the UK only makes I think it was like eight and a half thousand pounds per year. Our frustration was to go, that can't be true. And, but it must be like the, where the data's come from, it being reliable. So it was to go, actually, we want to move business owners everywhere from surviving to thriving. And this podcast was born out of that to go, actually, there's some people that we can work with and, and we can really help them. And there's others to go, maybe they're not quite ready or they're not quite the right fit or whatever. But what they can do is learn from some of the things that we're seeing along the way. And yeah, Simon's book uh, and Simon's philosophy got a great TED talk on starting with wide. I think is yeah, really key to the topics we've already discussed. And I think it's really key within our business and certainly within our clients.
0: Yeah, and I think all of our things uh, this week really nicely linking to each other. From um, keep behind the curtains this week, it links in as well. And that's about um our personal element of this week, right? we've had sports days, um, we've had plays, different school events, et cetera, due to it being the end of the uh, school year with our children. So we've had multiple events, as have team members also had multiple things that they wanted to go to for their children. And I think our why of why we went into having a company is also a driving force on our personal side of being allowed to have that time we can go to those events that we have the flexibility that even if it meant that we needed to work in the evening and that actually we can attend all those events and we're not missing anything out of our children's life and that's part of my why for the company but it has an impact elsewhere and I suppose there's an element of Making sure that all of our team members could do the same thing, that it's not just us that go to those bits. And the structure that we've implemented in the company means that actually that opportunity is there for the team members that they can all attend those different events. And actually they haven't had to take annual leave on bits like that. They've been able to just move their hours around and make up bits at at other times during the week. And I think as we see the company growing and going forward, we'd like to expand. On that and make it more accessible for team members in order to, uh, go to appointments or things that, that they wish to attend and that they, the work can just working hours can be moved around easily.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think the philosophy of having a wise even goes back to our, our, our first point about the leak of the week and the, the, the recruitment element. element. It is very difficult to have a clear, defined culture without knowing why, as a business, you do what you do. Yeah. And once we knew that actually what we were helping was business owners to be, I was going to say more financially successful, but more successful. Yeah, because we always argue to go, there's a balance. Yeah, we can probably improve the financial performance of every business, so. but they probably have to put a significant hours in to be able to achieve that. So what we're often finding is to go, what's their effective underlying hourly rate? Yeah, because how, how much time are they putting in versus what they're getting out? And that the once you've got that defined why and you build your com- culture around that, you then know people just show up and you just go, ah, oh, that necessarily quite define it, but they fit our culture. And, and it's really hard to explain, but because you're so clear on what your culture is, you just see it and you can just absorb it. You can bring them in, they understand what you're about. and they they operate at this level, like probably massively above maybe what they've even operated at before because suddenly they're just in a culture that sees the world the way they see it and, and they're able to thrive.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we have a very good culture in the company and I think it does mean that our team members are extremely appreciative of the bits that we have in place and I think we do go Sometimes outside of the norms in order to provide a nice environment, we do copy and catch up Wednesday, which is no work talk, jump on if you want to, and the team will discuss, depending on who's running it, it'll either be a game that they do or there'll be questions asked or whatever, but it's strictly no work talk, but it is within working hours because we believe it's important for the team to have that opportunity to bond a bit. However. There's clocks to those bits that if the work production wasn't getting done, then some of those nicety things that we have would have to be removed because the work still needs to get completed. I think at the moment we're looking into doing, bringing in flexi time. Effectively, we urge to flexi time. So it's, I don't think I've ever had to say no to somebody in terms of them being able to, you know, want to move their times around a bit because there's a sports day on or there's a, you know, they want to take their dog to the vet or whatever is going on. Uh, you know, there's never been a case that we've had to say no because the team always ensured that work meetings are rearranged if they need to be, etc. cetera. However, we're looking at bringing it in as being an official thing where actually they don't need to bother me with what times they will slash won't be in and stuff so that flex is just fully across the board. And I think that's a really nice environment to have. And for me personally, really goes a long way to what our driving force was in the first place, because we've been able to provide uh, this amazing service for clients that provides them with a really good personal lifestyle as well as company. And now we're able to do that for our employees as well, uh, without either part suffering.
1: Fantastic. This is really insightful and brilliant. Should we move on?
0: Yeah, so it's just our power move of the week. So for you, what's been the power move over this last week?
1: I, I think the power move probably to take away from this sort of episode, if you like, is that establishing your why. Right? If you if you take Simon Civic's approach, he is every company must know what they do. Like if you don't know what you do, you've got s you've got a serious problem within your business. And then it's establishing an understanding. How you do it, and most businesses do have that. You know, you know what sets you apart and what makes you different in terms of maybe the way in which you do business. But that why, and being able to establish that, I think is is really key. And so I'm just thinking back. to am just going. How did we, when we moved to that next level of our business, how did we really establish exactly what our why is. From a company perspective, I know our ways are from a personal perspective and we're always clear on that, but from a company perspective, can you recall the process that we went through and how how the listeners could replicate exactly what that looks like?
0: Wow, that's quite a difficult one, Ian. You are aware I've got memory issues. (laughs) So, yeah, I think our processes that we went through as such at the time, I mean, obviously this is a number of years ago, so this is pushing the boundaries of my memory. But I think ultimately it goes back to putting those structures in place um, and having the processes, et cetera, and ensuring that the work is followed and that everything has the same structure to it and is neat and tidy and smooth and not causing any problems there, which means clients are secure. Which makes us feel secure in, or certainly makes me feel secure in terms of the business and where it's at. And then from there, it's going, how can I provide our team members with a similar balance as what we have? Now, don't get me wrong. As business owners, there are occasions where, like recently, where we've had to step in and do a lot more hours than any of our team members have ever had to do something. And there will, I think there will always be bits like that where stuff changes. But we do have flexibility on the home and I wanted to ensure that could be moved across to our team as well and that they received a nice work-life balance. And if that means that, you know, the, they want to go and have their nails done because there's a 10 a.m. appointment on Thursday but actually they're going to be gone for an hour having them done and there's half an hour traveling and then they work an hour and a half in the evening. Is that really a problem to us? The work is still done. From my perspective, there is no issue as long as commu- communication there and the work is completed and stuff that you shouldn't be able to provide a nice working environment for your team um, and flexibility on it. And that's exactly what we have. And I wanted the team to have that too.
1: Yeah, it's, that's really good. I, I'd forgotten about it. I don't think that's what you've got. And maybe it's not just front of the mind in that element to go. Actually, there's some real big, there's a real big power motion having a why. Yeah. Why starts with saying like, we want to make this change and this is what we want to achieve for the world, or at least make an impact in achieving for the world. But actually it already goes wider than just us. Yeah. Our thing was that can we move business owners everywhere from surviving, to thriving, including ourselves? But actually it's gone then beyond that and we've had to start to move our team in the same direction as well. They're getting the benefit of that. The We, we very much work on the philosophy if we treat, treat our team, think we would love to be treated. They will in turn also treat our clients the way that we would love them to be treated. And yeah, I think there's a massive power beyond just the obvious, just to go, oh, we know what direction we're going in. No, we really understand and we really built something that's very unique uh, and different
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to note as well that we have metrics in place. So we know if people are achieving the bits they need to in in order that we know that clients are getting the very best service. So we have core values in place. We know our team aligned to them and we have our metrics in place. There's no reason why that flexibility can't be there. It would be very easy for us to tell that was not working quite to plan if the metrics aren't in place if the metrics um, aren't in place and that person isn't achieving them but they were before the flexible options then actually you'd be looking at why aren't they now aligning core value wise because this is now an issue with the person not adhering to the workload and bits and the commitment of having those metrics in place and the promises they made in order to get those sorted so you'd be looking at a different type of conversation. And I think with the team we got in place and how strong we are on those core values, we don't have those particular issues that occur.
1: Brilliant, fantastic little roundup then for the Power Move, and it's been great having you on again. Obviously, we've gone through some key areas, we've gone through some areas of recruitment and culture, we've gone through multiple different areas of understanding your why through dale vince and his various companies through to then how that affected on our company and also the effects on our, our personal lives as well so it's been in my view another fantastic episode and thank you very much
0: yeah thank you anna technically that is me done as soon as you uh, sold it to me as a couple of episodes in the first place
1: we'll see thanks so much for listening to this episode of the leaky bucket podcast I'd love it if you could help spread the message by clicking subscribe and leaving a review. Also, please do reach out to me on LinkedIn and let me know your thoughts on this episode. You can also find more info and links in the show notes below. See you next time.